Come on, can we let him know that we love him? Can we let him know we're thankful that he brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's not about the hype, I promise you. It's just about giving God what he is worthy of. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's good to be church on a Sunday morning. And uh, all of our visitors that's here. And uh, man, we've got some from Arizona here today. Good to have brother and sister Estrada, brother Gabe. As father and mother, thank you for being here today. Elder, won't you just stand up and testify? Hallelujah. I want to say thank you for coming and being with us today. And my cousin Chris, his boys coming in again today. Good to, good to get to see you again, Chris. Thank you for coming to church and being with us today. I know. Thanks, my mama. I know she's not here today. My father is not feeling well at all. And uh, so they are at home. They tried to come, was sitting out there, and he is sitting in the car, but he just couldn't do it. So they had to turn and go home. But I know it makes my mama's day, uh, Chris, when you come to church. And that's her desire to see her family saved. Good to have Miss Carol here today. Thank you for coming and being with us in church. Man, I know you come to be around that new little grandbaby. But, uh, man, we thank you for choosing to come and worship with us uh, this Sunday morning in church. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, once again, we're back on a Sunday morning. And uh, Brother Hal, he come up told me just to keep preaching. Said he might even straighten up, he told me. I don't know about all that. But, and, uh, but we're going to preach again. We're going to endeavor to preach again, Brother Hal. And... Uh, I'm going to try to go before the Lord. And uh, if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to be turning to three. Uh, if you can put these on the board, I'm going to be turning to three different verses of Scripture today. And uh, the last one will be in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. I'd like for you to leave um, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 3 on the board for a while, if you will. I would appreciate that. But we're going to turn our attention to the book of Luke chapter 24. And you can remain seated today. I know we usually stand for the reverence and the reading of the word of God. But I've got three different uh, settings of scripture I want to take from today. And the first one's going to be in chapter, uh, the book of Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. Man, I want to say um, to our young people um, and brother Trey and sister Taylor. Man, what a, they was troopers now. We went to Gulf Coast Conference and what a mighty move of the Holy Ghost we experienced at youth camp. Um, uh, some of our boys got introduced to dorm living. And uh, they wasn't used to that. And <laughs> I, I uh, was kind of used to it, knew what was kind of coming. But they definitely wasn't. We got in there and wound up. They was in a dorm with ten other boys from ten other or from other another church, not ten other churches. Thank God. But uh, they was in there and the dorm, uh, the dorm life took off. But man, our kids just excelled, and we got the spirit trophy uh, for bringing um, a good spirit and atmosphere to the camp, and so we received that trophy. But and above all, Brother David Rainer got the Holy Ghost 
um, the last night of camp. And uh, I was so excited about him getting the Holy Ghost about, I would say, a good 45 minutes to hour after church on Friday night, our young people was still in there worshiping, jumping, slaying. They had done released everybody. People was done heading out there. Uh, man, they was packing our young people out, slaying in the spirit. And, and uh, some was laughing and uh, dancing around there. And, man, there's nothing like getting God's people together. And uh, I enjoyed camp meeting. Thank you, Brother Trey and Sister Taylor. I know, uh, man, you troopers, we owe you. Definitely owe you uh, debt we can't pay. But thank you um, for everybody that went and was a part of that, excited about what God did in our youth. The book of Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. We'll also be looking at Acts chapter 1 and verse 4 and 5. And back at chapter 2 and verse 2 and 3. Um, we're talking about and been dealing, this will be the fourth lesson on a modern day book of Acts church. Uh, the first couple of lessons was on the principles of a modern day book of Acts church. We dealt with the principles of what it takes to be that kind of church. Uh, they, are, they was an empowered people with an empowered message. They was people of the name. They was a given people. They was a praying people. Uh, that was the principles that it took. Last week we come back and we dealt with the identity crisis, the identity of a modern day book of Acts church. Lord willing, we'll be dealing with that a little bit more and digging into the identity of who we are um, and what we stand for and believe um, maybe in the next uh, couple services, Lord willing. But today I felt impressed to, um, to pick up this topic on the modern day book of Acts Church. And I want to talk today on the pause before the promise. The pause before the promise of a modern day book of Acts church. At Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. And behold I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. Until ye be endued with power from on high. Can everybody say I will send the promise of the father upon you. But you got to tarry in the city of Jerusalem. But you have to tarry. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. How many can say, but wait for the promise? Which saith he, ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. We could turn to the book of Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2. Please, please put that up and please leave verse 3 when we get there up once again. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. What was he saying right here? Write it in big letters. Write it where everybody can see it. Write it where when somebody's running, uh, they can read it while they're running. Make it where everybody understands what it says. 
Write this vision down and make it plain. Write it plain. We just believe it plain around here. We just take the word of God for what it says. We don't try to dig into it and bring out, well, that wasn't supposed to be there and that word didn't belong there. I just take this word of God for what it says and I believe in standing on the promises of God. I don't want to add to or take away from. I don't want to be accursed. And that's what the Bible says. If you add to this book or take away, you're going to be cursed. Verse 3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. This word ain't going to lie. God said he cannot lie. Can't do it. And not lie, though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. I know that seems like a contradiction there, though it tarry, and then it will not tarry. We'll deal with that in a minute. But it will not tarry, it will surely come. There was an excitement, an expectation out of a group of people uh, when they gathered together into Jerusalem to begin to wait for the promise. Luke tells us that they left the mountain of Christ after his ascension full of joy. The book of Acts tells us that they gathered together in the upper room to wait for the promise. Jesus said, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem. You can read in the book of Corinthians and you can find in the book of Corinthians that when he was resurrected that Jesus was seen by almost 500 people. 500 people that he come into contact with. 500 joyful followers that set out to embrace the promise of God. There was over 500 people that gathered together in Jerusalem to wait for that promise to be endued with the power from on high after the resurrection. But somewhere between the, the, uh, the command to go to Jerusalem to be endued, somewhere between the command and the fulfillment of what Jesus had told these 500 people, that there was something that happened. And that thing that happened was called, let's wait. Let's wait. Tarry ye until ye be endued. Wait upon it. But wait for the promise of the Father. I want you to understand today that God inserted a pause before the promise. And I know that I've talked about a little bit about we are a people that can't wait. And I'm going to not deal with that in so much today. And I want to try to come from it from a little different angle. And I know that we've dealt when the drive through lanes and adding two or three and overnighting because we are a people that don't like to wait. We want what we want when we want it. We like instant pudding and microwave popcorn, if you will. We like everything right now. But the Bible said that there is a promise coming to us, but there is this pause before the promise. Perhaps this single greatest factor in the reduced number of the followers, uh, we read that there was just 120 that day when the promise fell. When the glory fell from the heavens, there was nearly 
uh, 400 people that somewhere along the way they got tired of waiting. They got tired of waiting on the promises of God. Things began to come in. Uh, well, I've uh, married a wife and I got to go see about her. I got a donkey in the ditch and I got to go get it out. I've got to go check on uh, my jobs. I got to go check on my businesses. I got to go check on this and that. And I, I, I'm going to take the grandkids fishing. And I'm, there was something about it. They got tired of waiting. They got tired of sitting there and nothing happening. But I want you to understand that a genuine Book of Acts church was born and the revival that took place was born in the waiting. It was born in the waiting for the move of the Holy Ghost. It was only after a long agonizing days of expectantly waiting for the promise of God to be poured out that it finally happened. I can just imagine the frustration of some. I can just imagine the others as they begin to declare after a few days, it's never gonna happen. I've gotta get out of here. But make no mistake about it today, the book of Acts apostolic revival was poured out on the faithful few that held on to the promises when others let them go. Oh, there's some here today and we, if I could ask you to raise your hands, uh, have you ever been promised something in the house of God and it has not yet come to pass? I am sure that about everybody in this church today could raise their hands over something. Maybe whether it be family members that's not here today that's been promised to you or maybe addictions that you're fighting that you was going to overcome and maybe you're still fighting them. Maybe there was something about the promises of God that was promised to you and maybe that you still have not experienced what God has promised you but I come to tell you today there is a pause but I'm telling you today it's still gonna happen. When God said it, uh, Habakkuk said that he couldn't lie about it. If he told you that, he's not gonna lie to you. It's impossible for God to lie. I come to tell you today, it's still gonna happen. There's just a pause, uh, but it's still gonna happen because my God said uh, in his word uh, that he couldn't lie. Uh, my God said every promise is yea uh, and amen, uh, and I'm standing on the promises of God. Uh, my God always uh, keeps his word. Those faithful few that refused to leave the waiting room, if you will, but tarried until they were endued with power from on high. If we're going to be a modern day Book of Acts church, we must recognize that there's power in the pause. There's power within the waiting. Let me tell you something today, and I don't want to get the cart in front of the horse, but it's what we do within that pause. It's what we do while we're waiting on the promise. Oh, we can get carried away with the things of this world. We can get carried away with what the world has to offer. When We can get carried away with our busy schedules, and we can give up upon the pause. We can turn our back upon and get tired of waiting. But I come to tell you today, 
today that it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. I just know it's going to happen. And it's what we do. We got to stay faithful to the cause. We got to stay faithful to the house of God and the ways of God and what God wants us to do in our life. So many times we get frustrated with the waiting. We get, it's never going to happen. Oh, God, and if we're not careful, this is part of the identity of what I really didn't get to deal with last week. But I come to tell you today, part of our identity and who we are, if we're not careful, we can get caught up in the waiting. It's not going to happen. The devil comes and he sows his little lies in our ears. Well, it's not that God can't do it. He just can't. He just won't do it for you. It's not that God can't heal you. It's just not. He just won't heal you. It's not that God can't heal. Excuse me. He just won't heal you. It's not that God can't heal somebody. He's just not going to use you to heal somebody when you pray for him. That's the lies of the devil. That's the devil coming and whispering sweet things in your ear. I come to tell you today uh, that my God, uh, if he can use a donkey uh, to speak to somebody, uh, he can use a man and a woman uh, to lay hands on somebody uh, and they receive their healing. Uh, they receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Uh, my God is able uh, to do exceedingly, uh, abundantly, uh, above all that we could ask or think. But we have this pause This whole idea of waiting on the promise of God, it's not something new. It is something that's been going on through the eons of time. Let's look at Habakkuk here for just a moment. In a portion of our text today, God gave Habakkuk a vision of what he was going to bring to pass. And he told Habakkuk to write the vision down. I want you to write it down. How many in here today wrote in this box, this prayer box, uh, prayer requests and things that you wanted God to do? How many of them has come to pass? Some of them, maybe not all of them, but some of them. Promises of God. Things that we have wrote down that we want God to do. But you know what? Not everything that I've wrote down, Brother Matt Seegerson, this box has come to pass. Not everything, Brother Donnie, that I've wrote down on this uh, pieces of paper within this box has come to pass. Some has. Some has come to pass. God has answered some of my, uh, my petitions. But you know what, Brother Ryan? That has not stopped me from believing that my God cannot and will not do it. That hasn't stopped me believing that God is more than able to do exceedingly abundantly what I ask him to do. I know my God can do it. I'm still standing on the promises. I'm not giving up. Even though I'm still waiting, I want to look at it from heaven's point of view today that it will and it is going to happen even though I don't see it I know even though I don't feel him working he's working even though I don't see him working I know he's working I think sometimes we need to write them down the promises of God 
He told Habakkuk to write the vision down, mark it down, preserve it, declare it unto all that will listen. God is going to do what he said he would do. I want you to write it down, Habakkuk. I want you to put it on tables of stone and write it big. I want everybody to walk by and see it. And that way when it comes to pass, they know that only I, the Lord your God, could do it. The one that you serve. If we're gonna be a modern day Book of Acts church, we've got to write it down. We gotta stand on the promises. We've gotta believe in it. We. Write it down so later on doubt can't steal it from you. Make sure you establish the fact that God is what God said he is. God is going to do it, but God's going to do it in his time. Not our time, his time. Our time ain't his time. We allow that, we allow God's time to rob us of our promise. We give up on it. Well, God, you ain't gonna do it. I've been asking for six months. I've been asking for a week. I've been asking for a day. Our time ain't God's time. We lose, we lose out because we get tired of waiting. Just like the upper room when 400, close to 400 people begin to walk out, got tired of waiting on the promise. It's that 120. That's where we was born, church. That's where this modern day book of Acts church was born. It was born in that upper room in 120 people when they got together in one mind and one accord and they didn't give up on God and they didn't give up on the things of God. And they said, you know what? You know, I'm gonna say something right here and I, I hate it and I say it and I, I hope that it don't come to pass. I promise you I hope, I, I pray, I pray that it don't come to pass. But on this walk of life journey uh, in the church, we're gonna see some come and we're gonna see some go. We're gonna see some that got tired of waiting on the promises of God. And not just the promises of healing. They're gonna get tired of waiting because God said, I'm coming back. And I'm coming back after a church that's made themselves ready. I'm coming back after a holy people, a separated people, a people that come out from amongst them and that's been separate, saith the Lord and we're going to see them come in the church and they're going to do good but you know what they're going to get tired of waiting the devil's going to sow his lies the devil's going to sow among the tares among the wheat and we're going to see them come and we're going to see them go as bad as I hate to say and I hope everybody under the sound of my voice this morning is saved but you heard the elder preach the other night just 50% just 50% that ain't 50% of the world that's 50% of the church is only going to be saved in a rough number. I come to tell you today, you better dig in like you've never dug in. You better pray like you've never prayed. You better fast like you've never fast. You better be faithful like you've never been faithful. Say, well, preacher, I don't understand. Well, I come to tell you today, there was over almost 400 people uh, that got tired of waiting, uh, that got tired uh, of praying, uh, that got tired uh, of being uh, in the
that waiting room waiting for the promise of the Father. And they got up and went out the door and they never received the miraculous. I come to tell you today, if you can get through the waiting, if you can stand the pulling, God will pull you through. If you can... What are you talking about? Because we don't seem, because we we uh, we can't really touch him, physically touch him. We get tired. Our mind begins to play tricks on us. Is it really real? Is this really will real? God, do you really exist? And he said, blessed is he that has not seen me, but yet believes and still loves me. My God, we gotta believe. We gotta stand through the pause. We gotta stand through the way and say God even though I haven't seen you physically even though I haven't touched you physically even though I haven't put my hands in them nail scarred hands I still believe that there is a God out there and he loves me and he died for me I don't want to get tired the Bible said, don't be weary and well-doing. We're in due season, you'll reap if you faint not. I don't want to get tired of the waiting. I want to stand the pulling so God can pull us through. Don't take that pause as God faltering and going back on his promises. He's coming after a church that's made themselves ready. And as the old game goes, hide and seek, ready or not, he's coming. And he's coming after a church that's made themselves ready. I promise you, he told Abaca, he said, I want you to write this vision down because it's going to come to pass. God's going to make good on what he said. I'm going to tell you something today. God always, God always keeps his word. Always. He always keeps his word. What are you talking about? I come to tell you today that the vision don't lie. I come to tell you today there's a church in Neosho because it was appointed by God. I come to tell you today that this church was founded upon a vision. This church was founded upon truth and righteousness and holiness. And we're not going to give up. We're not going to turn around. We're not going to go the way of the heathen. We're not going to go other run and chasing after idol gods. Why? Just because God ain't sounded that trumpet yet don't mean that he ain't coming. But I come to tell you today God's coming and we got to hold through the pause. We got to hold through the waiting and we got to just pray take God at his word God has a call and a purpose for your life and though you may be walking through the valley today and though you find yourself in the waiting room today I come to tell you that you're just in a pause you're just in the waiting it's coming. The blessing's coming. Oh, the outpouring's coming. The one mind and one accord. It's coming. Because he don't lie. 
What are you talking about? Let's look at it from heaven's perspective today. While the Lord is speaking to Habakkuk, he makes what seems to be a contradiction in statement. Right here, if you will. It looks like that he makes this contradiction. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Wait a minute. Though it tarry, and then it will not tarry. Ah, see, I told you, this this Bible is just a bunch of of fairy tales and stories. It it don't look, but let's, let's look at this. There's two halves to this verse here, two halves to this saying. The first half is, though it tarry, Wait for it. What are you talking about? The first half is to the reader. The first half is what God is saying that even though it seems to tarry from your perspective, wait for it. The second half of the sentence, on the other hand, it's a statement. It's coming from God. It's a fact. It's gonna happen. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. This is heaven's point of view. This is what heaven's saying. Heaven's point of view, it won't tarry because it's already been done. Understand this, as far as God's concerned, you've already got the answer to your petition, to what God has promised you. You might not say, well, or you might say, well, I don't see it. I I don't see it. You promised, but I don't see it. Well, honey, that's your point of view. From heaven's point of view, he done promised it to you, and it's coming. It's gonna happen. Well, I don't see my husband sitting beside me, Sister Terry Joe, and my boy. Well, heaven said, that's our point of view. Heaven said, it's gonna happen. I promised it to you. Our, pers- our perspective says uh, and the way we look at it uh, I'm still fighting this affliction uh, I still don't have the Holy Ghost uh, I don't have it uh, but from heaven's point of view is uh, I got promised it to you uh, and it's gonna happen uh, you just gotta hold on uh, to the promises uh, you gotta wait through the pause uh, you gotta hold on uh, in the middle uh, of the waiting Remember this, God, he don't have no limitations. He don't have no limitations on time. He inhabits all time and space all at once. He sees yesterday, today, and tomorrow as if we were living in it right now. As far as God's concerned, the situations have already been worked out. They're gonna happen. It's just up to us to hold on. The vision has already been fulfilled. The scripture declares that God's word will never return void. It's never gonna come back empty handed. 
But what he promised to us, it's up to us to hold on to the promises of God. If we want to be a modern day Book of Acts church, we've got to fall on our face and we've got to pray with fervency. We've got to pray with power and we've got to believe that it's coming. And as others walk out the door, maybe family members, maybe sons and daughters, maybe moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, and they might get tired of waiting and they might throw their hands up and say it's not worth it. I come to tell you today, just keep on being faithful. Just keep on coming to church. Just keep on praying. Just keep on fasting. Keep on worshiping. Keep on being dedicated. Keep on opening and shutting the door. Whether you're a greeter, whether you're a vacuum sweeper, whether you're a cleaner, whatever it might be, just keep on being faithful. God, I don't know when it's gonna happen. I just know it's gonna happen. I don't know when, but I know it's going to. Peter declared that Jesus Christ, what are you talking about? It's gonna happen. I don't know about all that waiting and stuff. Well, let me give you a little illustration of scripture here today for you. Peter declared that Jesus Christ was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world because before sin entered into this world, before God even finished creating this world, His promise had already been fulfilled. Even before you and I or Adam and Eve was even here, there was a lamb that was slain before the foundation. For the beginning of this world, it was all ready here. His promise was already fulfilled. Yes, there was a lot of tarrying. Yes, there was a lot of waiting. Yes, there was a pause before the promise. But the scripture declares that the righteous dead of the Old Testament was saved by their obedience through faith. How was this? How did that happen? How was they saved? The Bible said, not by the blood of bulls and of goats, but by the precious blood of Jesus. Because of the basis of their faith and obedience, God looked forward to the cross and justified them by the blood of heaven's spotless lamb. Even before it happened, they was already covered by the blood. Oh, preacher, I don't know. That's why we can tell the sinner today, you can be washed in the blood of the lamb. You can be saved, even though it's been 2,000 years since the cross. As far as God is concerned, there's still fresh blood flowing down Calvary's hill today. And that's why he said, you can come, every man that will come, and drink of the water of life freely. Why? There's still blood flowing from the cross today. You can be saved today. You ain't done too much. You ain't went too far that God can't save you. To God, there's still blood flowing down that precious cross today for you and me. 
Can't get no better illustration than that. Through the waiting. Even though it was over 2,000 years from the beginning of time till the cross. And it's been over 2,000 years since the cross until now. God is still telling whosoever will, let him come. Why? There's still blood. Though you may find yourself waiting on it, the word of God comes echoing through the corridors of time. Don't be discouraged. It's already done. The promise is yours. Wait upon the Lord and see. The writer said, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Why? Because the vision don't lie. Why? Because God is gonna keep his word. Why? Because God will even write it down so everybody can see that God is gonna take care of the righteous. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen my seed begging bread. The promises are gonna come to pass. If you wait upon him, rest assured in the fullness of time, he's gonna bring it to pass. This is the difficulty for all of us here today is the waiting. We get frustrated with the time of waiting. We get frustrated with his timing and begin to doubt his promises. And that's when they begin to... You're leaving, you're going. You know, there was some in there, no doubt that was brothers and sisters, moms and dads. I'm tired of waiting, son. I'm tired of waiting. Dad, I'm not, I'm not waiting anymore. It's never gonna happen. It'll never happen for me. My Lord, I sat in there and whined about winning that gun. They was asking me on that drawing. I said, hey, I put my name all my life into drawings. I ain't never won nothing. I could have nine of them tickets in there out of 10 and still lose on a two drawing chance, brother Matt. And whining and telling all, I ain't gonna win, I ain't worried about it. And man, God made me look bad in front of all the ones I was whining to. Hey, Caleb Sampson wins the gun. My oh Lord, can't say that no more. But it's in all of us. Time goes by and time gets away from us. And God, the promises of God. My grandpa, I'll never forget him telling the story about waiting on receiving the Holy Ghost for three and a half years, seeking it every night, every night at church, every day, every Sunday morning at church, heading to the altar, getting to the altar trying to seek the whole for three and a half years dedicated I'm talking he if he missed the service it might have been one or two and my grandma's here today to, to back up my story but every time I'm talking about no matter the service he made it to the altar he wanted the Holy Ghost so bad that he would I mean, literally put his tongue on the altar oh, from whatever they was telling him hold on let go and man hold on and let go hold on and let 
it go. And back and forth he went. But there was something about it that he didn't give up. There was that pause. There was that waiting. But in something in my grandpa, he wanted it worse than he wanted anything else. God, I'm not going to get discouraged. God, I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to turn around. I'm not going to give up on my promise. I'm not going to give up on my babies coming to church. I'm not going to give up on my mom and dad coming to church. I'm not going to give up. I know I'm in a waiting time. I know I'm in the pause. But you know what? Just like they did in the book of Acts, I'm going to tarry. I'm going to wait. I'm going to do something for God. God, here I am. I'm lingering in this sickness, but you haven't healed me. God, I prayed for the salvation for my loved ones and nothing's happened. We've been asking for revival and we don't see anything. Can I tell you today that God's promises, they're still true. They're still amen, so be it. They're still gonna happen. They will not delay one minute longer than God intends them to do. He might be checking your faith. You ever thought about that? Him checking you, wanting to know where you're at, what you're doing, what you're going through. I promise you today, the vision don't lie. The promise don't lie. It's still true. He said in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. It's going to happen. What are you talking about, Brother Caleb? I come to tell you today, listen to all the preachers that's come by. Brother Mustang sent me a text not too long ago. Oh, Brother Caleb, get ready. It's going to happen. Uh, stick with your mom and dad. Believe in them. I promise you. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Your church is going to flourish. God's going to bless it. Here come Brother Thrasher. It's fixing to rain. It's going to rain. I'm going to tell you something today. It's going to rain, church. We're going to see revival. We're going to see souls saved. But the promises belong to a book of Acts church. What are you talking about? It's the waiting room. It's the waiting. How many has ever been in a waiting room? At a hospital. I spent a ton of time in a waiting room. My boy, my first boy, born premature, is in the hospital for over three months. We spent a lot of time in the waiting room. We spent a lot of time in the hospital. Going up there every day to see my boy get a hold of him and do the kangaroo care and all that. There's something about the waiting room. They all look the same. They're all the same. Care where you've been. Neutral colors. That neutral soothing feel. Nothing just out of deal. Just kind of bland the place where hopelessness and hope battle one another there's a sense of despair and a constant pressure and a presence of anxiety is everything going to be okay is junior going to make it is dad going to be all right is mom going to be all right is everything going to be all right my wife's grandma 
Sister Wade, 89 years old, they just diagnosed her with cancer. It's like we might be heading there, having to head there in the next few days or something. God, don't move, but there's going on in that hospital room right now where she's at, there's this anxiety of waiting. I've been in the hospital room or in the hospital and I've seen them as some jumped up and down celebrating life and the joy of a new baby or somebody making it through a bad accident or ailment or sickness and getting the word everything's going to be okay. They're going to be all right. But I've also been in the waiting room when they come out and the doctors gave them the bad news. Uh, We've done all we can do. We can't do no more. It's just up to a higher power than what we can do. And there's that expectancy of waiting in the waiting room. And so much more now since COVID, they only allow just a few people back there and everybody else is in the waiting room, waiting. And you're waiting there, not being able to do nothing with your own hands. There's nothing that you can do literally to change the situation. You're just there looking at all of this neutral color and all of the background and you're just sitting there waiting for something to happen either way something to go on either way in the waiting room well I come to tell you today you can do something while you're waiting you can do something in the place of hope and hopelessness you can do something in the place of fear and anxiety you can do what a modern day book of Acts church done you can pray you can pray you can build an altar in your waiting room you can build an altar in your situation that looks hopeless you can build an altar and pray in the face of opposition oh that's what the children of Israel done sister Rachel Wood sings a song sometime I can pray in my secret place calling on his name I can pray that's something I can do I can pray until the walls come down until there's healing all around that's something I can do I can pray what are you talking about preacher book of Acts chapter 1 and verse 14 says that they these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. What do you mean? The literal translation goes something like this. These were all busy, busily engaged people in prayer with one accord. They was, this was not just another social gathering. This was not just another ordinary Sunday morning service. This was not just another ordinary Sunday night church service or Wednesday night or even Monday night prayer meeting. But there was something about it when these 120 begin to wait. They said, you know what? I'll tell you what we can do. We can change the mind of this thing. We can build an altar and we can begin to pray. 
What are you talking about? We experienced that Friday night at camp meeting. Them people, them young men and young ladies begin to pray. They begin to get in. And I made my way uh, through the congregation, through all them kids. I was trying to, to get to certain ones I wanted to pray for. I mean, they was packed so tight and so close. I was literally trying to squeeze and push my way in. And you can see some of the pictures that they took. They were so close-knitted together. And like a roar, a mighty roar, them young people was crying and praying at the top of their lungs. Hands going in the air. Kids begin to speak in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave the utterance. I'm talking 800, 1,000 kids in one mind, in one accord. They got together. Did they not, Brother Dakota? They made up their mind. I'm gonna touch God. I'm gonna touch the throne room of God. We come to church, and I know we're tired. It's been hot all week. We've run, we've worked, and if we're not careful, we'll push it off. We'll say, well, if it don't happen today, we'll just push it off. No, 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 no. I'm gonna build an altar. I'm gonna build the altar. What are you talking about, preacher? Oh, the pause. If you're not careful, the waiting will rob you of the promise. The fear and the anxiety will move in on you. And all of a sudden, well, you know, I just, I don't see it happening. Uh, I'm not saying that God can't do it. I just don't know if he can do it for me. I come to tell you he can do it for you. He's no respecter of person. What he did for them in the book of Acts, he can do for us today. We got the same power. We got the same message. We got the same Holy Ghost. What are you talking about, preacher? We get caught up in the fear and the anxiety. We get caught up in the waiting room. And if we're not careful, we just take what the world has to offer. We take the news of the doctor. No, there's nothing else we can do. There's this as far as we can go. Well, uh, if we're not careful, we'll leave there. We'll call Parker Mortuary or Billicums and we'll say, well, uh, go ahead and get the casket ready. Uh, the doctor said that there's nothing else they can do for me. Uh, go ahead and man, this is, no, 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 no. We don't have to accept all that. And I know when it's your time to go, God's got an ordained time for every one of us. It's appointed unto man once to die. There's an appointment we're all gonna make. But I come to tell you today that they're also a God that hears our cry, hears our prayer, sees our needs. We don't have to accept what the devil's trying to give us. We don't have to accept the outcome of our family. Well, my boy this, or my daughter that, or, or mom this, or mom that. No, 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 no. Devil, I'm not gonna accept them being lost. I'm not gonna accept Jake going to hell. I'm not gonna accept David going to hell. I'm not gonna accept Kaysen and Colby and Raquel going to hell. I'm not gonna accept it, devil. 
I'm not going to accept my boys going to hell, Brother Matt. I'm, 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 I'm not going to do it. Well, what are you going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to build the altar in the waiting room. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do every time them doors are open. I'm gonna make my way to the house of God. Every time them songs are sung, I'm gonna lift my hands and worship. I'm gonna pray. I'm not gonna accept this pause as God saying, you know what, it's never gonna happen. Say, well, Brother Caleb, I just don't agree with everything. You know what? I don't agree either with everything what's going on within the church. Maybe not just this church, but the whole church. But you know what? That's not going to deter me, Brother Denton, from building my altar to save my family. I'm going to believe truth, I'm going to stand on truth. And I'm going to do my very best to live what God and what these elders just put in my heart. I'm going to do it from the bottom of my, from my heart. I'm going to live it, what they've instilled in me. Brother Dakota, I don't want that pause to get me caught up in the waiting of the promises of God. If we're not careful... We start looking at everything that we don't like, everything that we don't agree with, everything, well, this and well, that, well, so-and-so. I come to tell you today, look beyond all of that. Get beyond all of that. Build an altar. Find yourself an altar. Don't be one of the 400 that get up and leave, but find 100, get with that 120 that says, you know what, I'm gonna make up my mind. I'm gonna make up. We're human. Church, we're going to make mistakes. They come to the music. I'm going to try to quit. We're going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. But it's up to us to get back up and keep going. Do I plan on making it? No. I'm going to do my very best to live for God. We're not careful, church. We start looking like the 400. Well, I got this going on. I don't agree with that. I can go over here and I can do this. I can go over there and do that and get away with this and get away with that. I'm going to tell you something, church. If we're going to be a book of Acts church, we're going to have to come together and get in one mind and one accord. I can't, I can't worry about what they're doing downtown. I can't worry what they're doing up the road and down the road. All I can worry about what I'm doing. All I can worry about is what Neosho Apostolic's doing. What's that? For as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care what they're getting by with. I don't care what it looks like they're getting away with. I know one thing. 
I got to get through the pause. I got to get through the waiting. I know God's going to blow the trumpet. He's going to sound the trumpet. And I know that he's going to declare that time shall be no more. And I got to worry. I got to save myself. You know what's going to hurt? When they get up and walk out, it's going to hurt. It's going to be rejoicing when they come in. But it ain't going to deter me from building an altar. I'm not going to get caught up in in it I'm going to build my altar because I'm going to save myself from this untoward generation you know why it's called an ark you know why it's used so many times the ark of safety Because for 120 years, Noah preached and nobody listened. But it didn't keep him from preaching, Brother Donnie. It didn't keep him from building an altar. It didn't keep him from going out there every day, taking that old board, running it through that old saw or hand saw, whatever it was, getting them old nails and nailing another board on the ark. Going to get some more pitch and tire and painting it for 120 years. He preached the word of God. And when he was all said and done, all he did was save his family. I come to tell you today, build you an altar in the middle of your waiting room. And if you don't do nothing else but save your family, it's going to be worth it. Don, if, if you don't do nothing but save yourself, and hopefully Jay, it'll be worth it. Yes, it will. Oh, come on. Yes, it will. Everything you gave up, everything that you let go of, all the friends that you had to turn loose from, you couldn't be around them. It'd be worth it. See, we get caught up in the waiting. We get caught up in life. We get caught up in, man, got this going on. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to accomplish that. I'm, I want this. I want this. And the Bible said life is it's just like a vapor. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. That little dash between the time you was born 
and the time you die. It's nothing but a dash. Go to the graveyard today. Look at my grandpa triplet's grave. Been a hundred this year. Been a hundred years old this year. My grandpa would have. But there's just, brother Dusty, just there's just a little dash, little pause, little in that hundred-year span. We could pull him up today, Grandma. How fast did eighty-something years go by? How fast? Eighty-something years, but DJ, it went by so fast. Just yesterday, I was begging God, let me drive. God, just don't come till I can drive. Got to drive a car. Tough. Thursday, brother, Dakota playing basketball finally got me out there, played like to kill me. I played basketball for four hours straight, like to died. Brother Brett, one old boy, walked up to me and said, man, you're not bad for an old guy. I said, boy, don't let this bald head fool you. But just like that, throw it in the old man collection fine with that by the strata but it's happened so fast it's happened so fast what are we going to do church in the waiting in the pause the pause before the promise what are we going to do if we're going to be a modern day book of Acts church, what I've been preaching on, we got to build an altar. We got to get in one mind and one accord. Say, so you know what? I believe in the church, I believe in my man of God. I'm going to get in one mind and one accord. We're going to have revival. We're going to have revival in our church. We're going to have revival in our community. We're going to have revival in our city. We're going to have revival in our family. Come on, church. We're going to have it. Why? Because we're going to build an altar and we're going to pray. We're going to get in one mind and we're going to get in one accord. And then suddenly there came a sound from heaven. I'm opening these altars this morning. the pause before the promise we got to build an altar to be a modern day book of Acts church we got to pray we got to seek his face